Friends, welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And yes, you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on RepublicBroadcasting.org and, of course, blasting out at KHFX 1140 AM in Dallas, Fort Worth. So thank you for tuning in for tonight. And, of course, past episodes of this broadcast are available for download from the RBN archives at RepublicBroadcasting.org. So if you haven't taken advantage of that, I Hope you will and sign up for an RBN archive login and uh, and take advantage of that and listen to some of our past episodes of this broadcast talking about all sorts of different topics. And tonight we have a completely different topic lined up for you tonight. If you are listening in Dallas-Fort Worth or points south, I'm going to be shifting your attention to points north, specifically to your northern neighbor and the frigid climes of my home and native land of Canada as some of the listeners out there might know by now, yes, I am a Canadian and I hail from Canada. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Canadian Action Party. And specifically, we're going to be talking to the leader of that party, Christopher Porter, who is now running for Member of Parliament of Toronto Danforth in a by-election that's going to be taking place on March 19th. So coming up uh, just in a few days now, very exciting. So more information about the Canadian Action Party can be garnered from the website actionparty.ca. And Christopher Porter, thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you, James. Always a pleasure. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure to talk about Canadian politics. It's not something I get to do nearly enough, but it is always interesting to to delve into the Canadian politics and the real political movement that is once again shaping not only America, but so many other places in the world with a message of prosperity, peace, and freedom. And how can you go wrong with a message like that? Of course, uh, as we know, the system is stacked against that message, so I guess that's uh, that's where we falter. But at any rate, let's start setting the table for tonight's conversation. I mentioned there's going to be a by-election in the Toronto Danforth riding, uh, and you're going to be uh, going for Member of Parliament. But uh, for the American listeners out there and others around the world who don't really know the uh, the details of this, let's start by talking about the, uh, the Toronto Danforth riding and uh, Jack Layden. Yes, the Toronto Danforth is an important riding here in Canada because it was the seat of Jack Layden, who was the leader of the opposition, the New Democratic Party, and unfortunately died last year. Uh, he was a very respected politician, very open and uh, compassionate to voters, and so his uh, seat is highly prized because he had such a great reputation. But um, unfortunately, he passed away with cancer, and, and now we're right in the middle of a by-election for that seat. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see the attention on, on this uh, by-election. Well, one would imagine there would be quite a bit of attention, especially because, of course, this was the leader of the opposition, quite a, a prominent position in Canadian parliamentary politics, who, uh, who passed away last year. And it's, so now we're there, uh, they're deciding who's going to take his spot at the, uh, in the parliament. And, uh, that is, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously the situation where there is sort of the incumbent effect, uh, magnified tenfold here. It's kind of on steroids because, there was such a great sentiment for Jack Layden, but I think the point of this uh, this by-election is really to introduce some other perspectives to the political debate than the uh, the old liberal, uh, conservative, NDP, tripartite of pretty much the same thing. So it is good to see the Action Party inserting some of that. Once again, we're going to be going over Canadian politics tonight and introducing people to, to sort of the, the wider spectrum and what you really represent. But just in the, uh, the few seconds we have here before the first break, perhaps you can just introduce yourself for the listeners. 
My name is Christopher Porter, and I'm the leader of the Canadian Action Party. And Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're dedicated to preserving uh, national sovereignty up here in Canada. We believe that uh, the best way to fight globalization is to keep it local, and uh, we're always happy to talk with other people around the world that are doing the same, and we believe this is the best way to counter all the uh, weighted uh, forces uh, directed at us. Absolutely right. Unfortunately, the North American Union continues to grow in scale and scope and stature by the day, so we have to fight against that through the political process. We'll be right back with more after this. That's right, friends. You can't trust the government, but you can become the government, or uh, maybe you can at any rate. And on that note tonight, we're talking to Christopher Porter of the Canadian Action Party. Once again, actionparty.ca, and we're going over the uh, the preparations for the upcoming by-election in the Toronto Danforth uh, riding that's going to be taking place on March 19th. So, Christopher Porter, uh, once again, let's let's introduce the Canadian Action Party and its platform, and really, uh, why why is there the Canadian Action Party? What what alternative does it represent? Well, the Canadian Action Party is the only party in Canadian politics that fights for national sovereignty. And we believe that it needs to occur because our sovereignty as other nations are uh, being affected is being diluted. And we believe that we need to stand up for our sovereignty and our Canadian identity. And this can be accomplished through monetary reform. Uh, We're fortunate here in Canada that the Canadian citizens still own our national bank, the Bank of Canada. Unfortunately, the will of the government isn't there to use it, and so we're continuing going down the debt road as other nations are, and money's being put into the system by private banks, and Canada now pays $170 million a day in interest to private banking institutions for this debt. The second thing we stand up for is political reform. We don't have enough accountability from the politicians here. Unfortunately, after the last 2011 election, we were left with a conservative majority that uh, turns out to only represent uh, 18% of the population here in Canada. And uh, they're definitely very much on the globalist view of how the Canada should look like and uh, taking us down a hard, hard road. So the surge of the Canadian Action Party is rejuvenated because people are really feeling the threats of globalization. We've tried the free trade agreements. We've tried the private banking uh, guidance, and it hasn't worked out for us. And so a party like ours is very important uh, on the political stage here in Canada because more and more Canadians are getting upset and angered and the continuous thrust to try to integrate us with the United States is not uh, being taken well here. Or in the United States by uh, by people who are listening to this program. So it's something that's obviously there's opposition on both sides of the border. And I think it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned the national sovereignty being a key part of the Canadian Action Party's raison d'etre. And I think that's exactly right. I mean, certainly uh, there are so few parties that are really fighting for, for national sovereignty in the face of this globalization. 
And it's interesting that what we see on the phony left and right scale of the, the phony political paradigm that they dangle out before us as the false choice, you can have the, the conservatives on the right who give lip service to national sovereignty by talking about increasing national defense and arming the Arctic and all of that kind of uh, nonsense at the same time as si- signing the border deals with the U.S. that basically sign over all of uh, Canadian sovereignty to American law enforcement. Or you can have the, the left side that will fight against uh, certain aspects of that globalization, but will willingly sign on to, to Kyoto protocols and other things that undermine Canadian sovereignty. So it's really a false choice. Perhaps you can speak to that and, and where the Canadian well, Action Party comes from on that. Exactly. During the last general election, I talked to some sitting MPs who have a seat in Parliament and are part of the governance of Canada. And uh, one actually asked me, so during this election, are you guys going to be talking about Canadian sovereignty? And I said, of course we will, but we would love uh, some of you sitting up in the House to be talking about this. And this is why it's so important to have the Canadian Action Party, because we are the ones that are talking about the integrated borders. We are the ones talking and asking the hard questions, why we're not using our Bank of Canada for our best interest. And... uh we're bringing up the free trade agreements and the continuous dilution of all our natural resources here. Canada is a huge garden, and all our vast resources are being harvested and shipped overseas without being manufactured here. And I, I find it shocking continuing to be in the political process and find a, that uh, our party is the lone voice bringing these matters to attention. So it, it is so important, and more and more Canadians are awakening as uh, is happening all around the world. And, of course, it's not just the dissolving of the border with the U.S., but the international border as well in, in the process of globalization that's affecting every part of the globe. And one aspect of that in a microcosm is the recent uh, Keystone Pipeline that was it was blocked by uh, protests in the U.S., so basically Canada said, well, we'll just strengthen relations with China, and we saw Harper go over to China recently on a little state visit to drum up business and uh, increase relations with China. So, of course, this uh, this dismantling of sovereignty is taking place on, on every front. Exactly, and, and uh, Canadians are getting tired of it, because how much can these resources be worth in the future? They have to be priceless, and, you know, with the... Canadian-European trade agreement on the table right now, our water is being directly affected. And water is the, uh, you know, we need it for life. And why are we giving it away to foreign multinational corporations and not retaining it in, for our own benefit? And this, these are the questions that the, the big parties here aren't answering. And uh, the mainstream media continues to ignore Unfortunately so. Well, let's, okay, let's go into the, the banking issue, which I know is one of the key platforms of the Canadian Action Party. And you mentioned that staggering statistic. Did you say, what, $140 million a day going to pay the interest on the debt? Perhaps we yeah, can talk about that. $170 million a day. Yes, Crazy. It's, it is staggering. It, it works out. Uh, there's 308 uh, ridings or districts here in Canada, uh, and uh, that works out to half a million dollars a day per riding and uh, the Toronto Danforth riding where the by-election is right now that's uh, approximately around 90,000 voters and I continuously ask them what would you do with half a million dollars a day why are we talking about uh, 
how we're going to raise the money uh, for social programs when we're paying half a million dollars a day on interest. Couldn't this money be better used for social programs? Couldn't this money be used for infrastructure and be used to secure our future? And the Bank of Canada was wisely nationalized in 1938 and helped us get out through the Depression. It uh, helped us through the Second World War. We built a Trans-Canada Highway that's... Uh, free of charge uh, from coast to coast. We built our national health care system, which uh, at one time was highly uh, prized across the world and wanted to be emulated. We built the St. Lawrence Seaway to help our ship in. And since the 70s, we moved away from using the Bank of Canada, and we haven't done anything great since. And yet our debt has skyrocketed 3,000%. And uh, it's gone from $18 billion to over $600 billion, and where we're paying this exorbitant uh, interest to private lending institutions. Well, let's go through the mechanism by which that happens, because it's so staggering. I mean, it's so amazing to people to find out that really, I mean, it's all just a big parlor trick and that the government could be printing their own money interest-free, that uh, it's it's something that most people just can't even get their heads around. Perhaps we can go through the mechanism by which the Bank of Canada was used in the past. Well, money uh, is created into our system, unfortunately, by private banking uh, institutions through debt. Uh, you go into the bank and um, prove your collateral and they issue these magic numbers into your bank account um, which is uh, debt and uh, the cash in our system uh, the cash that you carry in your pocket only represents around three percent of the total money in the Canadian system so that means 97 percent of the money the fictitious money this electronic money is based on debt, and the government uh, utilizes that same system. And it was a decision made by our government to join the uh, international banking organizations, to join the World Trade Organization, and uh, has continued to degrade this country. Well, unfortunately, right. And as you point out, there is sort of an international infrastructure that everyone who wants to sign on to and, and become a part of to assimilate into the Borg, as it were, were have to uh, have to abide by the rules that are set at the international stage that, of course, include regulating the banking system so that it looks like every other country with their debt-based systems. So about what time frame are we talking about when Canada started to uh, to stop using the Bank of Canada? It was in 1974. It was a recommendation by the bank... Uh, international um of the bank of international settlements and it was a requirement and they said that it uh was unfair competitive advantage for canada to be able to use its national bank and if we wanted to join the game of the big boys we would have to start borrowing the money from the private banking institutions and you know as you are well aware of and most of your listeners will be aware the federal reserve is still privately owned and people like Ron Paul are, are working hard to change this. And here in Canada, we're so fortunate that it's still on the books as owned by the citizens of Canada. It simply needs the will of the government to utilize it again. Think about that. Think about what's being said there, that it's an unfair competitive advantage to be printing your own money interest-free, so you have to start using this this system that's designed to get you into perpetual debt servitude to the banksters themselves. 
propagated no less by the Bank of International Settlements, the very bank that uh, that uh, Carol Quigley was writing about, about back in the 60s at Georgetown University, the mentor of Bill Clinton, basically saying that they were the uh, the apex of this system that was designed to to basically be the the banking oligarchy. Absolutely, just I mean, it's un- incredible when you look at it for what it is. But of course, the vast majority of the public doesn't even realize that this is an issue, let alone what the uh, the ramifications of that are. So I think it's something that we need to continue to press home. And that's why I'm glad that the Canadian Action Party is out there doing it. Once again, actionparty.ca. So I certainly hope people will take a look at the website and go through some of the uh, the news and articles and, and the platform of the Canadian Action Party. Even listeners in the United States, I think it's important to understand what's going on around the world in this regard. And on that note, we're going to take another short break, but we'll be right back with Christopher Party, actionparty.ca, right after this. Christopher Porter of ActionParty.ca, the Canadian Action Party, and he is running for Member of Parliament in the Toronto Danforth by-election coming up March 19th. So let's go back to our conversation with Christopher Porter. And just before the break, we we're talking about the, uh, the the just unbelievable sums of money that could be saved on literally a daily basis, uh, $170 million a day, simply by not using uh, debt-based m- money and instead printing the money debt-free, as Canada was doing until the 1970s. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that and how, how it is that so many people who are, I would assume, well-meaning people, uh, generally speaking, can be misled into getting absolutely apoplectic over the, the million dollars cuts here or the, the $500,000 cuts, this or that grant, but will never look at the fundamental underlying structure of the economy. How is it that people have been so misled about what the real issue is? I've talked to many politicians, and it's uh, they 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 think it's too complicated for the public to understand, and they don't want to uh, educate them about it, and they don't want to take the time to discuss it because they're so worried about being elected. And yet, this is the source of the problem facing our nation, and the solution has already been proven, and we continue to hide from it. And there's definite threats. Uh, we all know the corporate lobbying groups out there, and there's definite threats. But, you know, I, I actually believe that people back in the 70s, and I would hope our politicians saw probably an opportunity to become one of the big boys in the pond, and maybe Canada could take its manufacturing to a different level and join the international markets, et cetera, et cetera. And so at the time, I believe that they probably thought everything was all right. Now I think it's so spun out of control, no one knows what to do. And that's the shocking thing here in Canada. None of the major parties has any vision for what Canada is going to look like in five years. And uh, never mind five years, not even three years. And it's spun so far out of control. I believe that everyone's just focusing on these Band-Aid solutions and allowing the globalist uh, approach of dilution to occur. And that's why I continue to fight and why other members are joining the party on a regular basis and our voice is getting louder and louder. Finally, now at uh, some of the public meetings that we've had, 
Um, we've heard other parties bring this up finally and say, yes, uh, you know, we're also looking at the Bank of Canada, and and people are realizing that uh, this is a big mess. And when uh, everyone says to me it's too complicated, uh, the party actually has a comic that explains how it works and what we could be doing. So I always uh, laugh at the end, and I said, if you think this is too complicated, then uh, get your kids to read the comic, and maybe they can educate you and save the <laughs> country. Well, that's right. And it is the sort of thing, once you start to look into it, it is actually remarkably simple, and it's remarkably amazing how the uh, the veil has been pulled over the, uh, the public's face to keep them from seeing it. But on that note, we have a couple of callers from Canada on the line. First, we have uh, John up. So, John, thank you for calling in tonight. Uh, can you hear me, James? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, um... Well, I think you guys have got one thing right. It's all about debt, okay, in terms of the, the, the banking system. Uh, and I also believe that, uh, yeah, he's right, that there is no vision, um, and it's all, you know, financial control. Can I ask a question? I'll ask a question, and then I have one more after that. What backs Canadian dollars? Well, like the rest of the world, uh, you know, we're on a fiat system and that the government honors the cash in the system. Um, but as I stated, only 3% of our physical cash is uh, backed by the Bank of Canada and created by the Bank of Canada. The no, no, you're, money- you're, you're, you're talking about uh, physical dollars in the system. Yes. That, that, that does not represent the full um, commitment of uh, the Bank of Canada. Meaning, um, I'm just missing your meaning here. Canada has trillions of dollars out there backed by the Bank of Canada. You're talking about like a fraction of that that is actually in circulation. And like... uh, you know, M1, M2, M3, like in terms of uh, velocity of the cash and the, that, that, it, that, that it makes up some sort of sense. But the whole world is now going through a shuddering um, um, uh, uh, realignment of like uh, 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 whose lives gonna, are, are going to be greater now. Like you've got uh, Bernanke got uh, um, like a, a lot of people uh, like the IMF uh, what's her name and uh, they're all lying to us to say that everything is fine I, I, I'm putting it uh, uh, out uh, to you actually uh, that it's not true there is no um, uh, um, the money's gone where it is, I have no idea, but where it's gone, I have no idea. What have I okay, well, on that note, we're going to a break. We'll come right back with more right after this. Stay My tuned right there. Everyone I know goes away. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
We're back, friends, here on Corbett Report Radio, going over the Canadian Action Party and the Canadian Political Alternative here on this Tuesday night edition of Corbett Report Radio. So thank you for tuning in once again. Again, we're talking to Christopher Porter of the Canadian Action Party at actionparty.ca. And before the break, we're talking to John in Canada, who called in to talk about tonight's issue. But, uh, John, it sounded like you had some sort of disagreement, but I'm not, I'm not sure I can exactly put my finger on what it is you disagree specifically with Christopher about. Um, well, well, James, like, uh, I, I, I totally respect you, like, uh, as a commentator and, um, 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 a co- um, you know, a journalist. Uh, um, the, I, I find that, that, uh, that the, your, your guest right now is, um, um, it, it, I guess, okay, let me put it this way. I wanted to to ask a question. Okay, so what backs the, the Canadian dollar? And I want to ask um, the vision of, uh, of its control, like uh, like for Canadian sovereignty, like uh, especially with Harper with his uh, leaning into um, uh, all all the um, um, dissolution of. Um, you know what would be considered like uh, just um, common law rights, or in the states their constitution. Like I just, I, I just wonder where is this all going? All right, let's put that question well, to Christopher. Well, my opinion, it's all going that uh, we're going to get more fully integrated into the United States, which will get fully integrated into the other unions of the world, and um, we'll meet uh, financial global disaster and um, be introduced to a, a different currency and a different uh, form of governance. And that's why we stand up here in Canada for, as you're probably familiar with, the Bank of Canada Act clearly states that the Bank of Canada can lend money to municipalities and provinces at uh, zero or very little interest, and that's not being done. And that's what our economy needs. We need investment into our local economy, and we keep waiting for uh, the Messiah MPs to come and aid us with this, and they're not. And what we're standing up for is why did it work so well since the 30s to 1970, and why as soon as we went away from it, our debt skyrocketed, and uh, inflation hits all, all our goods, and uh, we're in such dire economic crisis. And why not go back to, I would ask you, John, why not go back to using the Bank of Canada compared to the government borrowing money from private banking institutions and uh, global banking organizations like the IMF and the World Bank? We've seen what they have done around the world in third world countries, and they're treating us like a third world country, and we should not be in that position considering how much know-how we have, how much vast resources we have all across this nation. You're a joke, pal. Well, I appreciate your opinion, but I would like to ask you, uh, why, why shouldn't we use the Bank of Canada? What would you suggest that we do? Well, uh, we uh, um, uh, collapse it. Collapse the Bank uh, of Canada? Just like uh, I would say in the United States, we collapse uh, the Federal Reserve. But and we you own, must we own be aware, the Bank of Canada. You must be aware that we are the 13th branch 
of the Federal Reserve in Canada. But are, are you aware that as citizens of Canada, we own the Bank of Canada? Um, uh, only in, like, very carefully worded means. Like, it's bull. It's bull. All right, John. Well, I appreciate the input. I, I don't quite see your point, but uh, but we'll have to move on. We've got another caller on the line. We have Werner in New Brunswick on the line. So, Werner, thanks for your call. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Good evening, uh, James, and uh, good evening, uh, Christopher. I came across your name a few days ago uh, there on the Internet, and I wasn't aware that you were running for the uh, Canadian Action Party. Okay, thank you very much. It's nice talking to you. Well, as I say, you know, the same same to me, and uh, I need some uh, fresh voices there in Ottawa to uh, basically blow the cogwebs out. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're, they're too and, quiet. Uh, and as I say, get that, uh, that uh, dictator out of there and his cronies. And exactly. what I'm especially uh, disappointed uh, about is uh, that the others that are supposed to, supposed to put up opposition, uh, it's uh, basically just only smoke and mirror. Exactly. A lot of, lot, of, lot of hot air opposition. Now, I came here uh, over 40 years ago. I immigrated here to Canada. And uh, right from the start, I couldn't understand how a country with those vast resources, why they had to borrow money anywhere else in order to uh, finance uh, industrialization and uh, manufacturing industries. Yep, there's many of us that uh, ask that same question, and that's uh, what the Canadian Action Party is, is trying to get the answers to that, and the major parties just aren't addressing it. Uh, and uh, basically what, I, what, I, what I'm looking at uh, in watching it for now for so many years, uh, North America is a continent that's so mismanaged exactly. for the benefit of big corporations, multinational corporations, basically an international wolf pack. They clean out one uh, region, one area after another, you know, take the loot and take off to other, uh, to greener pastures. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you. And one thing I always say is that uh, we are so busy talking about being self-sufficient and being sustainable. And yet, uh, you know, I, if Canada can't be sustainable and can't be self-sufficient with all its vast resources and its technology and its energy and enthusiasm from its people, then there really isn't any hope for the other nations out there. And so we need to get uh, more people like yourself standing up and saying this doesn't make sense, and it, it, because it doesn't make sense. Uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that uh, that deficit, that ever mounting deficit. That is just only at the federal level. You uh, can, uh, especially here in the eastern provinces, you can add at least the same amount per capita yeah, uh, from the provincial. Side. Exactly. In debt. And it goes, yeah, and it goes down to the municipal level as well. And, and here we have a Bank of Canada Act that uh, would alleviate this, and we continue to choose to rely on outside influences telling us how to govern our country. Uh, you know, Canadian Action Party, basically you're a national, a national party, and uh, this is what I've been, uh, now for years, have been uh, looking uh, critical at, all those uh, transfer payments from the federal government to the so-called have-not provinces. And I cannot understand why, for example, the maritime provinces have to be called have-not provinces. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, but uh, yeah. there is an underlying thing. 
in those have-not provinces, they got at least uh, uh, 40%. Maybe in some, in some cases compared to, uh, for example, a few years ago to Alberta, they got at least twice as much as many bureaucrats yes. and administrators. Uh, the people than they have in uh, some of those uh, provinces as they have provinces. No, unfortunately, I, I, yeah, unfortunately that is true. And of course, the, the eastern provinces do tend to get ridden off in Canadian politics or looked down as the uh, the poor brother of the Canadian family. But uh, but Werner, do you have a question for Christopher? Well, as I say, uh, what uh, what is your strategy? Uh, for example, you mentioned, for example, about uh, you know uh, the resources they're leaving uh, leaving the country you know, to be uh, a process somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say one thing. The more the government, the government says about, uh, you know, job creation and, uh, and uh, processing it and being self-sufficient, uh, the end result over the years I've seen is always exactly the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And our strategy is to find people like yourself that understand that it's uh, wrong and to get you politically involved and... We will be slating um, a candidate in all ridings for the next uh, general election here. And uh, that will give us time to find more people like yourself that uh, believe that Canada can become a beacon of hope and light in this world of globalization. And we can sh show and prove how nations like ourselves can become self-sufficient. Look, uh, there's a, it's right across uh, on both sides of the border, on the American side and here on the Canadian side. You know, this ever-increasing bureaucracy is basically is choking more and more any personal initiative, initiative uh, choking it to death. Yeah, and this is their strategy. So, and, uh, what I've seen uh, here over the last, uh, over, over the last uh, 20, 30 years, then people just plain give up and say, why shall I struggle? You know, I just try to get a government job. Well, if we struggle, we give up our whole countries, and that's uh, why I don't give up. And it, it is a tough fight, and, and they play the game very rough, and they make people apathetic and not want to participate in it. But if you're not participating, you're spectating or speculating. And we definitely have proven that there's many speculators of this great nation called Canada. And unfortunately, 40% of our population is not voting, and they're spectating. So it needs more of people like yourself to uh, find parties, um, ideally uh, get in touch with me after the show, and uh, I'll get you busy in New Brunswick. Okay, thank you. Excellent. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for the call, Werner. And once again, thank you for all the calls tonight. And, of course, if you still want to get in, still a bit of time, 1-800-313-9443. But, uh, Christopher, moving on, I, I, I think another important part of the Canadian Action Party and what it represents, of course, is the idea that uh, what in the U.S. system would be called the third party, but I guess in Canada we could say fourth or fifth party, but uh, the, the idea of a true alternative. Of course, uh, Canada has at least three big uh, national parties, uh, maybe four, depending on how you count them, and, uh, and, but they still all represent just different sides of the same coin. Perhaps it's a dice or something, but, uh, but it's <laughs> still just different sides of the same entity, ultimately. So, so I know a, a big part of the Canadian Action Party and what you do at actionparty.ca is raise awareness of elect electoral reform in uh, Canada, which is also gravely necessary. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about that issue. Well, like I said, 40% of the population has given up, and I believe they have given up because they believe that their vote doesn't matter because they send these MPs to power and they never hear from them and they don't really prove that they have their personal best interest. And the Canadian Action Party advocates that we guarantee your vote by 
making sure you're involved in the decisions at the MP level. And that simply comes by communicating to the voters of what these decisions are about. You know, Canadians should be voting and, and being involved in decisions like going to war. We should be involved in free trade agreement uh, decisions. And yet uh, it's continuously told to us that uh, it's too complicated and you've handed us the power and we're doing it in your best interest. Well, Canada now is facing economic crisis and, and we're not doing very well. It's very difficult to get a serious job here. And uh, the government uh, continues to tell us everything's great, but it's not. So we need to get more voters participating. And I firmly believe by allowing them to be more involved in the decision-making process and spending more time educating the public on what decisions they're making, people will feel that their vote does matter and will start participating back into the system. Well, tell us a bit about the response that you've received so far in, in raising awareness of the Canadian Action Party and, uh, and what you've encountered in terms of talking to the people out there about uh, the need for this type of alternative. Well, people get excited when they hear about the party. At first, you know, you, you hear this uh, talk about, oh, I don't know who should I vote for, and um, I, I should, uh, you're a small party, and is my vote wasted? And I always remind people, we have to start voting for what we need in this country. We can't uh, sit and analyze uh, how our vote affects the big balance of power in government, because the voice of the people needs to be the power of the government, and the only way that can happen is by voting for what we need. And um, people get it. Uh, you know, I've had many people that uh, have told me, well, I, I like what your party says and I like what you believe in, but uh, I'm not sure because you're a small party. And at the end of that discussion, they say, you're right. We need to start voting for what we need in this country. And uh, you're the only party talking truly what we really need in this country, and, and we will be voting for you. So it's, it's always a, uh, it's like a pebble in a pond, you know. You're, you're just constantly throwing the pebbles in the pond, but eventually, you know, the, the pond fills up, and eventually you have a beach, and then once you have a beach, you have a beachhead, and we can have a chance at saving this country. Well, you point to what I think is the unfortunate progression of, of the disempowerment of the populace by first convincing people that there are only two or three, you know, viable alternatives and that uh, any other type of vote would be a wasted vote. And then they can convince you into strategic voting and all of that. And it's really just a, a path that leads down to exactly what we see in the Canadian electoral system today. So it, it is certainly an empowering message to hear, no, there is an alternative and that we can start thinking outside of that box. Exactly, and it's being well received. And as as long as people do feel disempowered, um, the the ones leading the game will uh, continue to win. But uh, more and more people are standing up and and are getting excited that there's actually a party. And I'm really excited to see political activists get political. You know, sometimes political activists uh, are so disenfranchised with the system that uh, they talk about uh, extreme measures. And uh, when they come and meet me and talk about the issues and talk about the policies of the party, they say, yeah, that's right, that's what we need to do. And and it's exciting to see. And I, I do see a shift. Uh, I've been leader now since 2010, and I've seen a shift. You know, people are waking up, and other movements across the world, uh, such as Ron Paul in the United States and the um, independents in England and Ireland, you know, people are standing up and, and, and saying, hey, <laughs> we need to look after ourselves first. And I, I, think we, I think I truly do believe that uh, 
our youth have a chance, and that's where we need to target. Uh, we just started our youth wing here, and I'm excited to see that grow, and that's how we can shift uh, the balance of power here. Okay, all right. Well, we have a couple more callers waiting on the line, so let's see if we can sneak one in before the break here. We have Kevin in West Australia. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, uh, gentlemen. And, Good uh, evening. Listeners. Yeah, look, um, yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I'm just uh, listening in as I work away here. Uh, it seems to me the system in Canada is somewhat similar to what we have here. Um, it's probably about as honest, which isn't very honest. <laughs> um, we have a, a three-party system, basically, which is we have one small party, which is the Greens Party, which is basically holding the balance of power. Now, the Greens Party is effectively, um, I would call it the Homosexuals Party. Um, but, I mean, I'm not um, prejudiced against them. I just don't want them around me. Um then we have a Labor Party, which is effectively somewhat similar to the U.S. Democrat Party, and uh, they have, uh, again, um, I think our Minister for Finance is a, what you'd call a, I don't know what you'd call a, oh, I can hear the music. Yeah, unfortunately, we are coming up against another break. If you want to hold on, we will hold you over, yeah, and uh, we'll be right back with Kevin and Peter from Ontario, also waiting on the line, and we'll be back with your calls right after this. Broadcast friends, you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we've been speaking with Christopher Porter of the Canadian Action Party at actionparty.ca. And uh, just a couple of minutes here to go through the last couple of calls. So, uh, Kevin in Australia, uh, once again, thank you for the call. And do you have a question for Christopher tonight? Uh, well, I'm working up to that. Uh, we need a, an Australian Action Party here. Because Great. all the action that's ha- because all the action that's happening within the parties that are here uh, is, is action that you don't really want to happen. For example, I'm reading from uh, Wikipedia, our Minister for Finance. I'm not making this up. You can go and read it for yourself. Penny Wong is a lesbian and was, first, and was the first sitting member of the Australian Labor Party to come out while still in Parliament. Her partner, Sophie Aluche a public servant and former University of Adelaide Students Association president, attended her swearing-in ceremony along with blah, 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 blah. They have a baby. <laughs> they must have had some kind of artificial insemination. Hey, the place is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, well, it's, a, it's amazing parties, how many... Oh, sorry. All the parties here uh, are, are all crooked. Um, the only... Look, Australia's economy is booming. But, you know, you've got these, the, the three parties, the, the two major parties. I mean, um, the Liberal Party, which I pretty much support, but I, I find it very difficult to support them. You've got a leader in there that's a self-confessed liar. Um, 
You've got it sounds all too familiar, side. I think, to, to Canadians and probably people around the world. Sounds a lot like uh, the system. And I think you're right. I think Australia does need an action party or something to try, try to mobilize people like yourself who, who don't like the system as it is. But on that note, we're running out of time here, so we'll try to fit in one more call. We have Peter in Ontario. So, uh, Peter, thank you for calling in tonight. What's your question for Christopher? Uh, actually, it's not a question so much. Uh, just a quick statement. Uh, I actually uh, talked to Connie Fogel, and I was going to become a... Uh, uh, a candidate here in Thunder Bay, and uh, we, we started uh, a little bit of email conversations, and then my email went down, uh, and I lost about 150 emails at that point in time. Unfortunately, uh, work uh, work requirements, I couldn't do it, but uh, I'm in the process of selling out and moving to Victoria. Maybe I'll talk to you, Christopher. The best of luck. Yeah, thank you very much, Peter. And I actually uh, live in Victoria, so make sure you look me up when you get there, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get you act- active again. NDP, because their constituency is the underpaid and poor, and and they would only uh, want to create more to build themselves a constituency. So we got to stay away from all of them. We need something like this now. Thanks, well, we do need. Thank you for the call. Well, we do need something out of the left-right spectrum, and that's why I think the uh, the Canadian Action Party is something that Canadians should be looking into. So once again, actionparty.ca, lots of information about their platform and what they stand for. You can look at that and get involved. And if people do want to get involved, what's the best way for them to, to get involved and to help out? Well, the best way is just to get in touch with us. Uh, we, we, we have kits ready to go, and we're looking, as I said, for candidates all across the country and uh, to make a stand. And that's uh, go to our website, and all our contact information there is. And um, I uh, answer my own emails and uh, make sure I get uh, personally involved with members to ensure they feel empowered and uh, continue this momentum. All right, Christopher Party Action, uh, Christopher Porter, ActionParty.ca, once again running in the Toronto Danforth by-election coming up on March 19th. So good luck on that, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, James. All right, and thank you to all of you out there for listening. I really appreciate your listenership, and I'm hoping to uh, talk to you again tomorrow uh, in 23 hours. So stay tuned to Republic Broadcasting, and until then, take care. <laughs>